to me. Live from the Black Heart of St. Paul, we are the Dave's You Know. This is the Dave's. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. episode 234 of the Dave's I Know podcast. Yes, you heard that right. 234 uh, episodes. And you thought we wouldn't stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You were right. It's it's funny. My um, So Ragnar had his first uh, soccer uh, practice slash game ever on Saturday. Ooh. Um, no one showed up to... Uh, with a TIFO or to heckle me, by the way, which I'm very disappointed in. All of you. Um, I... I can't be expected to schedule things more than a week in advance. I need reminders in between. I gave you at least a week's notice. On, I, I know, but then I forgot where it is. I'm not going to get to Northdale Center in St. Paul from Northeast Minneapolis at 9 a.m. on a Saturday. That's just not going to happen. Also, Ragnar should have given me a call on his phone. He does. Oh, I don't get me fucking started. On, <laughs> on we talked for 20 minutes when we were sitting in the same room on our phones. His cell phone. Yeah, he's got a. He doesn't have a cell phone, but he has a whole, a whole thing. Um, anyways, kid the, can uh, talk. Yeah, no, motherfucker. Like once he's one. He, you know, the nice thing about him is that he's very much has a lot of his mom in him, and that he's very shy. But once you get him going, he won't fucking shut up. Love it. So just like his mom. Which, no, just like his dad. Oh. Not not like his mom at all. Um, <laughs> the exact opposite of his mom, as a matter of fact. But like once he gets going, uh, then he won't. He then won't the dad shut comes up. out. The funny the funny thing was is I, I went in. Uh, we got we got there a little early because we had to pick up the shirts and everything. He got the number ten shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, completely uh, because they definitely knew about his legend uh, ahead of time. Which is not yeah a joke. Yeah, it was yeah, actually yeah. Uh, they just it was the number ten was the next number up when he's. <laughs> Signed got up. his ex- extra small <laughs> shirt. Um, when you know when he showed up to the uh, uh, to the to the rec center. Nice. Um, however, uh, it was funny because I, I went out to help because I'm, I'm coach and one of the there's another coach and he was out there kicking balls around with some of the kids that were there a little earlier and uh, I'm like hey like I'm you know name's David I'm coaching mm-hmm. and he's like David Zeller I'm like yeah <laughs> David Zeller oh he's like oh. David Zeller, who got hit in the face, face? by Babel Lorenzo. <laughs> You're um, famous! And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's me. Uh, and so it was funny. Uh, so connected with Coach Ryan, who's the other coach. Shout out to Coach Ryan, who um, listened to our podcast for the first time like two weeks ago. Oh, God. <laughs> so, God help you, Coach Ryan. Um, hopefully, if, you, if you're listening to the podcast, Coach Ryan, uh, shout out. Thank you for um, more or less leading because I'm – I've I play soccer, but I'm a goalkeeper. I, I don't really I don't really know what the fuck to do in like in, out in front Admittedly, of goal. you should go a couple episodes back, Coach Ryan, because <laughs> I think we talked about this at some point on the pod, and he was like, "Yeah, I don't know. I I'm just gonna do it." Yeah, I'm basically just there to corral, corral kids. So yeah. Did you at least 
text him some good episodes, so <laughs> maybe he'll listen. The kicked in the face episode's a great. I mean, one. how many? Yeah, good, yeah. How many good episodes do we actually have? Uh, I think I could probably count on. on, I, on the, that one was my hand. debut. Yeah, I feel like that was a good episode. Um, that was a solid episode. The Alexi Lawless episode was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt Van Matt Van Ben Scotten was a pretty so good episode. So basically, when we have guests, Matt Van Ockel was a good episode. Matt Van Ockel was a good episode. Yes, I forgot. So about So when Van it's Ockel. not just us, um, that's a pretty good. Taka Time was a pretty good episode. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and and Andy Reeder was a good. So every time we have a guest, we've had Greeter on a couple times. I, I would say one of Greeter's three episodes have been good. So I like yeah. the honesty. <laughs> Any episode that I didn't make it should be on there. Anyways, uh, so yeah, so Coach Ryan, if you're listening, um, welcome to the uh, welcome to the podcast, uh, Patreon.com/slash Dave's I know. Uh, but we have the the regular cast of, of uh, Motley characters here. Uh, Jess, how you doing? I am well. Good, playing a game and not looking at the agenda per normal. For, for so. right now, yeah. Uh, and then While we, have, we do the cold open, <laughs> yeah. And then we have MJ. MJ, how you doing? I'm great. Got a second assist at uh, Augsburg Playoffs for Broomball, but we lost 4-2. And because we lost, I could watch the second half of the Minnesota United game. So. Well, there you go. Uh, Everything b- works out in the best end. Best of both worlds. Uh, uh, not really, but I'll, I'll take it. Uh, right on. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into it. We have a we had a game uh, on Saturday. What, what the hell? We had a game. That's crazy. We had, we had a home opener. We had a home seller. opener at Allianz. Hype it up. Yeah. Um, it was it was very cold and very wet. Very wet. Yes. So cold and wet prior to kickoff time that Jess wussed out entirely, and I'm really ashamed to say so. But I didn't even make the trip. I had intended to at least make the trip, but it was like dusk at five. You didn't like, even like come to the black card. You just like were like, nope. I was just it? in my pajamas. Well, I'm also really far away right now, and then I have the dogs, and it was oh, raining sure, and sure. icy and cold, and no one wanted to come with me. Excuses, excuses. Yeah, well, yep. they are excuses, wah, wah, wah. but uh, at least I'm being honest. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I will, I will admit, I uh, halftime or even before halftime. We were standing, so we got there. We actually got pretty good seats like, where we normally stand, but actually like a, a row down. Mm-hmm. So like just to the, if you're looking at the Wonder Wall, just to the right of the goal. I um, did watch it. Yeah, and so we were, Ann and I were down there, but it's like, but there's no cover. So I just oh. got wetter and wetter and wetter. And yeah. my, my leather gloves, I, I made the mistake of wearing my leather gloves. Oh, Oops. And they got wet and wet and wet. So I went up to the concourse um, just to like try and get warm. And then I literally like went upstairs uh, the Wonder Wall, like to like the t- very top of the Wonder Wall, to try and try and at least get a little bit warm, and then like basically right before halftime, I walked over to the beer hall. I was like, "Fuck this shit!" I like I wasn't even I wasn't drinking at all. I was just like, I just need to like be somewhere not that's in the slightly way. warmer. Yeah. Um, the beer hall had they had the windows open too, so like it was not like super warm in there either. Ugh. Uh, and eventually I, I texted Anna, Anna asked where I was. And I was like, "Listen, I'm at the beer hall." Um. And we actually literally, like, I think bailed right at, we bailed at halftime and got back here okay. right before the, the lightning delay. So it worked yeah. out perfectly. Good. So I got to see all, all, I basically got to see all the game. Um, but I, I also, I will admit, I, I, I wussed out as well eventually. Shout out to uh, your ultimate teammate, uh, Mike Olson. Molson. Uh, oh, yeah. What did Molson ga- do? He gave me uh, his other ticket. Oh, nice. And so I got to sit in section 36 for the second time. In my life, and I just want to say that the designers of Allianz Field, if it is not windy, the the rain cover works. I, I you know, you when you're on the ends near the beer, the brew hall or the 
Well, the brew hall is not covered at all. Oh, right, the, right. The Wonderwall end is mostly covered. Co- right, just those last few. But it's like the, it's like the like the first like ten rows are not. But in general, that the, the covered areas work. There was a time where the wind was blowing towards us. Right. So then we're getting a little wet. Yeah. But yeah, I, I had a poncho that I just keep in my trunk for emergencies, and I wore that. So the only thing that was really getting soaked was my scarf. Yeah. I. I mean, I was pretty prepared in terms of like you know wetness and stuff, but it was just like. Once my gloves got cold, then I was just like, yeah, ha- oh, cold hands. There was like nothing, yeah. nothing I could do. So. And that's yeah. not even a mitten; that's a glove, and so your fingers yeah. are all isolated, and they yeah. can't get to one another. I, don't, I need to get see. I need, I need to get some choppers. Like my dad has choppers. I, I've been I've been pu- like pushing it off, pushing it off. Cause I'm like, oh, that's old man's gloves. I'm like, you know what? I do enough fucking shoveling. Um, Dude, and old men I know need- <laughs> a lot about real two words. Shit. Two words: mink oil, right? Yeah, waterproof, right. waterproof that leather out. Yeah, outside. well, the, nice, the thing about it is, it's like fucking like they're, they're gloves from Target, so it's probably not even real leather. It's like it's like oh. fake fake ass leather. So I need to get, I need to, I need to invest. I need to spend some actual money. Uh, and invest in some good ass gloves for the future. So I, this is something I've realized. I support this as I turn forty years old. This in in like two and a half months. Like I have to just buy some nice ass gloves. Well, you're, so. you're you're let's, due for some old man gloves then. Let's talk about let's talk about the actual game. Um, uh, speaking of, uh, it was the, the field looked sloppy and wet, and the game did not start off very well for Minnesota. No, uh, we had one change. Uh, Will Trap into the lineup. Uh, Kervin Ariaga. Uh, oh my god, Kervin. Uh, out with a thorax injury, <laughs> which the entire joke on uh, Minnesota United Twitter was, I didn't realize that Kervin Ariaga was a fucking insect. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I thought, right? <laughs> Only insects have thoraxes, assholes. Apparently, it's the it, it, it's like the entire chest cavity. Yeah. And my guess is that it's probably... Oh, yeah, the thoracic cavity. You're yeah. right. You're my right. guess is it's also... It's that or it's like it was some, like some... The doctor was speaking to him in Spanish and like there, like there was just like... There was no actual like specific translation. Sure. So they just put thorax instead of chest like... Why not just put chest or thoracic cavity? Yeah, or rib cage. I mean, you don't want to give like think about like the the those um, uh, injury lists is that you don't want to give too much information right. in case he was in shot case in the, the person head. plays. Yeah. yeah, but also you don't you like when you just write thorax and everybody's like, wait, is he is he uh, an, an insect? Like, <laughs> is Curvinariaga an ant? I have I had no idea um, that he was somebody's aunt. So. <laughs> He but probably doesn't pay their child support either. <laughs> uh, five, wah, wah. Mi- five minutes in. Uh, did not start off well for Minnesota United. CJ Sapong scores a goal. Uh, Dax McCarty makes a run to the end line. Um, uh, passes back to uh, Hani Mukhtar, who has a brilliant cutback ball to CJ Sapong, who basically just has a tap-in for the first goal. Mm-hmm. Dax McCarty was like 30, 35 yards out. Yeah. Um, and... No one was on him, and I don't really blame the people around him for not closing that down. Because even though it's fucking Dax McCarty, like, what's he going to do from out there? But he, he puts it on a dime. Now, Fisher was supposed to be on Mukhtar, and once you realize that maybe the, it's not going to be called offside, because it was almost offside. Yeah. And, and I Matt, feel like it was. Are, have we verified it was? No, Matt Axelson has has a great video that slowed down, and it looks like it's like that. Mukhtar's like elbow or hand is is definitely offside. Well, you but, can't score with your hand or your elbow, right? So. so, and also, at some point, you realize, oh, it's probably not going to get called offside. I should make sure I'm between the player and the net. And there were three loons that didn't do that. Yeah, Dotson. Uh, 
Fisher and Michael Boxall were all sort of like just flat-footed. Yeah, they they yeah. did not stay between their player and their net. Now in Dotson's case, I heard a lot of hate on Dotson. There was a, his dude tried to head the ball but missed. Yeah, and fell down on his face. So I don't really, you know, yes, we don't want Dotson letting his guy run all the way through like that. But on the other hand, he, when he let him go through, he was pointing back to him as if to communicate to Boxen and Coleman. This is my defensive zone. I'm staying up I'm here. I'm over here, yeah. And and if I count my jerseys right, we still should have enough center backs behind me to pick up both Sapong and Godoy. The problem was that Boxall didn't stay on Sapong, nor did Boxall slide over to Godoy, and Coleman was on nobody, and he didn't slide over to either. Yeah. He, he was just How standing in space. So... Oh, go! You finish your thought. Then no, 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 it's just like four players back there didn't do their job, and you know this came on a, off a throw-in, so it's not like there was a, a horrible turnover that that the were out of position. Or yeah, whatever, yeah, 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 and everyone yeah. was pushing up. Right, like we had time to get back and get yeah. into position, but we're just so horrible about weak side marking and ball watching, and. I feel like every team is horrible at that, but I feel like I've been saying this for five years now. I find it really sort of out of character that Boxall was a member of that in a in not stopping of the thing. He had a bad game. <laughs> yeah, you Spoiler could see when alert. I watched him very closely, and they were closing up on the players exiting to the tunnel, of course, at halftime, and he was. Clearly unhappy and out of sorts. I wouldn't say he's angry, but you could just see like the death in his eyes. When we first got Boxall, he made this mistake all the time. I like to think that Ike Parra instilled a certain amount of defensive awareness and discipline in him. And so he's usually pretty solid now, but it's like he reverted to two years ago. And yeah. when, oh, I remember my question now. When you guys say like so and so was supposed to be on such and such, like. Fisher should have been, had Mukhtar, and so forth. How do you know that who was supposed to have him? Well, in this particular case, if you watch the video, it's very obvious that certain people were man-marking other people. Okay. And Coleman was man-marking nobody. Okay. So if you go before the goal, you know, Dotson was man-marking Godoy. Right. And it looked like Dotson deliberately let Godoy go. Yeah. Oh, no, I understand so, this. Yeah. I just yeah. meant in general. Like, it's, it's, I, it's, I don't notice it's, that it's, thing. It's situational. Yeah, it's, it's also the way the loons generally defend, too. Like, where Dotson doesn't let any... Like, Dotson, as, as, a, as a, um, a defensive midfielder, tracks back with people to a certain point, and then basically it's like... Stops. Yeah. Stops, and, 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 and that, pers- like, that zone, whoever's in that zone, in this case it should have been Boxall, mm-hmm. should have picked up the guy who was trailing and Coleman should have come over to pick up the other guy okay that's and, and it's it's the defensive scheme that Minnesota likes to play and so if you if you know that you can kind of see it mm. a little bit and when you it, you especially see it when it breaks down like you don't necessarily always see it perfectly if it's like doing play. really well right but when it breaks down it's like it's very fucking obvious and I will say that most MLS teams do struggle with this we're man marking now we need to switch to zonal marking oh yeah or, or I mean, like most teams in every sport struggle with this. I mean, there's a reason but why, like, Matias Almeida is, like, is, is almost, like, he wants to just do a man-marking system. He's so, trying to simplify it. Yeah, he's trying to simplify mm. things. And because and, <laughs> you, can, you can't really zonal mark 
all the way across the entire pitch because it's so big. Like you, you have to, you know, pick pick your poison and or you pick your your poison right. in terms of like and try to make it as man clear mark, as when possible when to mark. the entire team when that yeah. transition is. Transitions are hard. And on, and so we have we have three defenders. So we have we have you know obviously Debasi, Boxel are generally starters, but Debasi's playing out of position. Coleman, you know, is a is a semi regular starter, but he's he's also, you know, not he's not a normal starter. And then we have uh, O'Neill Fisher, who's also not a regular starter, or has not been a regular starter with this team. So you have you have basically three players sort of like playing either out of position or not like not regular starters right. in that position. So there's a lot of communication issues, and we didn't really get a chance to play this back line because we were playing the same back line basically. In preseason, in preseason, minus yes. minus Bakai Debasi with with Coleman right. in, but you know Debasi knows Miller, he knows Boxall, they know how to communicate mm-hmm. with each other. All of a sudden, now it's O'Neill Fisher, um, and we'll talk about the second half when like when DJ Taylor comes in and Debasi goes over to the left or goes back to the to, goes back to the left center back position. How much different it looked in yes. terms of defense. Yes, so, you know, and yeah, that's we'll get when to that. I didn't get to watch the game anymore after the rain delay. I couldn't find the game again. So oh. It that was sucks. like it was Shout like on the road with PBS or some shit, like yeah. some Minnesota <laughs> local programming on the C Dub. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh, former Dave's I know correspondent Bridget who tweeted something about like if you're watching on Valley Sports North now, it's now this outdoors, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, some hunting program or whatever. Cool. <laughs> um, so let's very uh, quickly talk about the rest of, like the Minnesota chances in the, in the cuz Minnesota had some chances so the first 20 minutes sucked for Minnesota they they were Hard. they were getting um they were getting basically battered um it I was Nashville, getting very disenchanted. Nashville was going for the kill in the first 20 minutes Minnesota to their credit weathered the storm uh they saw out those 20 minutes mm-hmm. and actually ended this the first half with a couple of decent chances mm-hmm. uh Luis Amaria had a amazing chance in the 42nd minute mm-hmm. um tried to flick Joe Willis and just hit the top of the the top of the crossbar and it skittered over the that net. That was beauty. Yes. Um, Ramon uh, or yeah, Ramon Leal um, for Nashville had two great chances. One that hit a post. One that just went wide in like the forty fourth and forty fifth minute. And the mm-hmm. Bakai Debasi had probably Minnesota's best chance, mm-hmm. um, where a ball uh, that was basically going to Amaria, he let it go to Debasi, who was coming in on the left hand side. He took a great shot. And just hit, just hit the outside of the of the post. If I remember right, line. that was a Fisher cross. Uh, yes, Fisher. Fisher was was crossing crossing it. to Lude it headed like, it. Lude headed it down over to in Amory's direction. Yeah, Amory and Amory let it sit for Debasi. So um, great play. Yeah, Minnesota had some great chances to to level uh, before the half. Uh, unfortunately, they were not able to. But they definitely played the last like 20, 25 minutes way better than the first 20 minutes of the game. So mm-hmm. it was something, you know, it was positive to look forward to. Uh, you feel like Minnesota was going to get uh, get something. Uh, and then the second half starts. Uh, Minnesota makes two substitutions. What? Yeah. No. Right at the half? Yeah. So so early. Bongi comes on for Frank wow. Payne. I like it. Um, uh, apparently, uh, Fragapane has had a hamstring issue. So Don't like it. Yeah, Bongi comes on for him. Uh, and then a in a non-injury related substitution also at the start of the second half DJ Taylor comes off for Brent Coleman moves over to the right-hand side O'Neal Fisher moves uh to the left-hand side and Bakai Debasi slides in as the left center back and Debasi th- this was like this is where Debasi needs to play period going forward and O'Neal yeah. Fisher looked a lot better on the left as well this to me 
brighten my day because to me it solves two problems. It solves the problem of O'Neill Fisher being bad on the right. It solves the problem of Devasi having to play on the left fullback spot. And he can play And then realizing also the cherry on top of the whipped cream is that with Gasper injured, O'Neill Fisher might be O'Neill Fisher might be a great backup to Gasper at left fullback. Right. Better than Debassi. Right. Yeah. I I really th- I mean I think Debassi he his he can certainly play left back in a pinch if we absolutely need him to. Say in like the eighty fifth minute, Casper gets injured, we don't have any subs, we need to slide Will Trap back to center back and you can slide Debassi over or something, right? Like mm-hmm. he can do it he can do it for a, a a brief period of time. However, we saw very clearly that he is much more comfortable as a left center back. Yeah. Um and O'Neill Fisher is much more comfortable as a left back yes. than a right back. Yes. So so yeah, so we get those two subs and then almost I mean, Ten minutes later, we have a lightning break. Uh, <laughs> Minnesota has, you know, of course, some of the weirdest weather, and yeah, we have a. It was it was raining. It wasn't really thunderstorming, but all of a sudden there's lightning. I, like I said, by this point, I was already at the Blackheart, uh, having a beer in the warming up in, in the, the safe and warm in the Blackheart bar. Um, but there's a, a lightning break. There's a, there's several strikes of lightning, so it ends up being uh, 75 minutes basically uh, of of uh, lightning break time. Teams don't come back onto the pitch until 7.30, but Minnesota had sort of been starting to boss the game a little bit, um, and it was just a matter of time before they scored a goal, and it was a, a weird goal. Before we get to that, did anyone, listenership-wise, tweet at me, did you ever find the game again after the lightning delay, like if you were watching Bally Sports North or CW or whatever? I never found it again. I was very disappointed, but I think it moved over to BSN, BSN Plus, possibly. Oh, um, I don't know if it was the CW because we were we were here watching it at the Black Art, so right. Um, I don't know if people who were watching it like over the air on CW if they were if it I'm if just they stayed curious. with it. So, um, all right, but yeah, in the 71st minute, um, Sonny Dotson draws a foul um, just outside of the box. Uh, Reynoso has a free kick. It's a looping ball to Amaria. Um, that he hits, uh, he hits hard. It deflects around. It bounces around several players. Um, I, I was well, I was trying to watch to figure out exactly who it bounced off of, um, but I think it. I think Dotson hit it. He deflects it off the post, and he finishes uh, an opportunistic finish because it bounces. Joe Wills is kind of sitting there, and he, th- he thought the ball had gone in, and he didn't think that he had to make a save. Oh. And then Walker Zimmerman was kind of also kind of standing there, and Hassani Dotson flat footed. Yeah, Hassani Dotson just went in and uh, and and put the ball uh, in the back of the net. So it was a pretty impressive. The, there's quotes from Adrian Heath um, about that he had no idea that they were going to do this. Hmm. This was something that Luis Amaria and Reynoso had probably practiced, like because it was a looping ball out. Like the the ball was about. It was probably about what five to seven yards outside the box. Yeah, about eight yards from the touch line, hmm. or from the end line. Maybe more, because maybe a little bit more. But it was it's about it's about where the it penalty, was inside the eighteen. It was but about I mean, where the penalty spot is, maybe. Um, so <laughs> in, 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 in about five yards, in about five yards away from from the eighteen, like from the, the box. Yeah, there. I, I, I and think it's it, instead of like looping the ball into like a, a leaping defender, the ball. He, Hassani, uh, uh, Reynoso kicks the ball like an outswinger to Luis Amaria, who basically one times it yeah. um, on the volley, and and w- he hits the ball really, really well, and it just kind of bounces around like pinballs. I love this because when 
Mike Olson and I were watching this. We both didn't like it because we thought I didn't where, like it either. Where, where Reynoso was usually sends these balls. It was on the left side of the pitch, almost like a corner kick. And you're like, you want this ball into the box where we have most of our bodies. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise. It went nowhere near there. And I thought, well, that's a huge miss. Yeah. This is way too long. It's way too loopy. But it was like as planned. Yep. And I, it hit. Maybe Luis Maria had to shift a little bit front to back side. But it hit him like in his one-time wheelhouse really well. Right. And he was able to take that, kick that down to the pitch so it's bouncing and going towards the net. And Dotson, I, it might have bounced off an, another player, but it, it seemed like he got a clean deflection. Yeah, going going to that back post. It, it might have hit off of Boxel or Debassi who are in the who are in the sure. box. But it, um, I, when I was rewatch, I rewatched the replay like four or five times. I didn't see it hit off of anybody else. Like I saw Dotson hit it. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. looked like it hit the post and kind of like was skittering across the front of the line. And Joe Wills was just kind of like standing there, like like holy shit, like that's not in, and like. Le- leaping for it, and then Sonny Dotson just sliding in because he was two yards out. So it was great. I love the fact that Walker Zimmerman's trash talking us about that he scored more goals in Allianz Field in colder weather. Blah 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 blah. Wait, wait. And <laughs> this is the blonde ponytail yes. wearing. Oh, I yeah. love to hate this motherfucker. <laughs> he yes. was my man, the anti-hero of the match, ladies and gentlemen. Love when he plays for the Stars and Stripes. Do not care one bit when he's playing against the Loons. I'm against him, and it has nothing to do with anything but his hair. Fair enough. <laughs> and his soccer game doesn't help. I mean, he's actually really good at, at the soccer. He's, he's like the defender, defensive player of the year, two years running. But he should make a visit to the Minnesota United unofficial barber shop. <laughs> yeah, so it's hard when you're the defensive player of the year, but your hair is so offensive. It's, and Well, it just cries out, I'm a diva with a man bun. <laughs> so, that's, so that's how the game ends, 1-1. Minnesota had, I, I think... Honestly, um, I'll talk about this in a, in a second here. Uh, way better chances in the uh, last 20 minutes. Um, Nashville had one really good chance, but I think Minnesota was really bossing the game. I think they'll be disappointed that they didn't take three points, but I think definitely this game, 1-1, one, one, uh, a draw feels like fair. Um, whereas last week like with the Philadelphia Union game, I felt like Minnesota probably deserved three points in that one and ended with a 1-1 draw. So I was um, happy when I found out it ended in a 1-1 yeah, draw. So Minnesota is one of uh, one of the only undefeated teams left in MLS. Yeah, eight. There's, like, there's eight M- uh, undefeated teams. Two of them are matching up this weekend, and we'll talk about it in a second. So anything else um, from the game other than how so goddamn wet and so how goddamn cold it was? MJ, you, I mean, you got I, their, I, you got I feel like there's several positive takes away from here on things that I normally rant and complain about. One is that we've already talked about two subs at halftime. Yeah. Now, one was injury, one was forced. But the idea of making subs early enough where they can make a difference, mm-hmm. not in the 86th minute or the 83rd minute or even the 74th minute. But or 92nd. Right. And it was, it so, was, it was a, in, the thing that I want to point out about it too is that it was a tactical sub, right? Yeah. They realized that uh, that Debassi on the left was not working. O'Neal on the right was not working. Mm-hmm. And so they brought in, and so Brent Coleman is the, is unfortunately he, you know, he's the guy who gets subbed off because of it. But also, Bakai Debassi as a left center back is much, is like, 
significantly better than Brent Coleman as a yes. center back. And yep. then in that, you know, I, I'm, I'm surprised it took, you know, Adrian Heath 135 minutes to fucking figure this shit out. But I'm glad he finally I, he did, he though, figured it out. that is so. revolutionary. The other thing I would say that's hopeful about another thing that we rant on this pod is that it's very obvious that something was said during the weather break. And we are used to, at halftime, the other coach making better adjustments than Heath and changing up the game yeah. plan. And so something, I don't know if it was motivational, where someone, a coaching staff, lit a fire under their asses. Mm-hmm. It was you know more emotional and motivational. Or if it was tactical, something was says, no, we need to play more in this style. But we look so much better coming out after the break. They, they talked about that they, were look, they watched a lot of video. During and to see what was working, what wasn't working, and adjusted their tactics nice. that way. Um, I also say we also, I mean, we scored that goal in the seventy-first minute. We were on the front foot, and we left a sub on the bench. Um, yeah, yeah, We had Amaria. You know, Amaria had that had that one really great opportunity. Obviously, he had uh, you know whatever the the hockey assist on the goal for Debasi, but he did not look great most of the match. And we left. We had Adrian Unu on the bench. Uh, we had Abu Dinladi on the bench. We could have brought. One of those guys in, either for Lude or for Amaria, um, to try and to try and win the game. It felt like Adrian Heath. You know, I'll, I'll give him credit where credits due. He did baby make, steps, David. He did, baby he steps. He did make those substitutions. However, we had an opportunity, I think, to to go and get three points, and we didn't. And we need to. I mean, at, yeah. if any place at home is the place where we need to go and make that substitution and yeah. and go get three points. Agreed. Kenra, Kenra started kept talking about that, like the Minnesota, they're. This is their home, and yeah. they better deliver. All right, let's do our uh, let's do our Freddie adus. Uh, MJ, we'll start with you. Who's your uh, Minnesota good Freddie do? Let's do let's do good first, and then we'll do bad. Okay, my good Freddie do is Hassani Dotson, and yes, he scored the goal, and yes, he beat Walker Zimmerman just on a hustle play, all out hustle play. But it's not even that. If you look at what he's doing in the in the center midfield. And he was a little shaky that first game in Philadelphia. Much improved t- today. Every time, every time, Kervin Ariaga in in Philadelphia, or Will Trap is going forward, he realizes now that he needs to hang back. And in general, I thought whether playing defense or going forward, he was really solid there. So Dotson gets my good Freddie Adu. Perfect. Uh, Jess, who's your uh, good Freddie Adu from Minnesota? Oh gosh, I don't know. I I'm gonna really rock your boat here, David. I'm gonna give my Freddie Adu to Inchi because he did make two subs at the half, and I understand changing things slowly when you're troubleshooting. So isolating variables and such. That's fair. Um, so I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it to Inchi. Listen, I enjoy I, it, man. I was the most optimistic on Inchi this year uh, when we did our preview podcast. So yeah. and last week, and you, last week you, you even, were pretty so, positive. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Bakai Debasi. Uh, yeah, he, the dude. Um, even though he wasn't as effective on as a left fullback as he was as a left center back, the dude just just ate up all of the space um and he was he obviously 
spoiler alert, he made Team of the Week, and what we, so we don't have to talk about that in other United News. He was, uh, and not even not like Team of the Week bench. He was the Team of the Week, and he was the only guy who didn't score a goal other than the, the goalkeeper who made mm. Team of the Week. So that's cool. Um, it, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. He's been, you know, he 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 came into this league was it last year and played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like it took him a while to sort of like get acclimated, but he never was like he was never the problem. No, and he's just grown and grown and grown with this team and him and box will have a very great partnership um they definitely know how to work with each other he clearly knows how to work with tyler miller um and i'm just i'm really excited for him just to be in that sort of left center back position but knowing that he can get forward if he wants to like he reminds me a lot of um a much less uh length like length like lengthier joel matip from liverpool so like he can gallivant forward with the ball he can, uh, but he he doesn't do it. But like, if you give him space, he'll yeah. fucking go. And yeah, yeah. And that is like a, that's a thing that, um, when we play San Jose in a couple weeks, might be really really fucking helpful and might take advantage. And might, we might see a guy Debasi goal in a couple weeks here. So that's my uh, that's my good Freddie Adu uh, for Minnesota. My shitty Freddie Adu, and this is also going to be controversial, goes to Emmanuel Reynoso. Now, I know what you're saying. Like, he does so much for us. He had so many good passes, so many good creations. I saw at least four or five just boneheaded turnovers by Reynoso. And if you're getting paid what he's getting paid and your strength is supposed to be dribbling left when you're supposed to dribble left, faking right, dribbling left, uh, making, so forth. making solid passes, making threatening passes... When you have the smart pass that maybe is less threatening, we should maybe take that against a good team rather than a very risky through ball or a risky ball over the top. And I saw him do a lot of stupid chances. And I'm that's, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. We just need to cut that out. That's far for that's I mean the man that's that's Reynoso's game though. That's par for the course. I don't mind so. him dropping back and helping on on the buildup. We, what we saw was Trap and, and Reynoso being better in tighter spaces, dropping back with the buildup, and Dotson floating forward. If that's by design, fine. You know, whatever. Yeah. But I, I just feel like his pass completion percentage needs to go up. Yeah. I agree. However, I just I don't necessarily think that is, that is Reynoso's game. <laughs> so It might not ever happen. Good luck. It might not ever happen. Right. But that was my disappointment. I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say Michael Boxall. Um, oh hell yeah! For the for the reasons that we talked about, I don't we don't need to expound on that. I think he's had. I think he had a much better game in the second half. I think he had a, a really terrible game in the first half. I think even he would admit that. And so um, he just needs to be a little better. And again, maybe it was just getting Debassy back with him, getting his you know the, the guy he knows and, and plays with pretty regularly back with him. That that solidified stuff in the in the second half. So. Speaking of Debassi, did you see his scissor leg takedown for the yellow card? I did not. I, oh, uh, the, <laughs> I must have missed that one. Early on in the first half. It was awesome. That's awesome. Do you have a shitty Freddy do, Jess? I do. Is it Inchi? No. Oh. I'll say Inchi again for, for not putting on. Have a true Freddy do for not putting <laughs> no, on a, uh, a striker. True, my true Freddy do is Coleman. And I have made that decision based on the analysis of you, my fellow co-hosts, <laughs> of the defensive thing that happened that led to the goal, and oh, yeah. I've decided that Coleman wasn't anywhere he needed to be. Uh, most, most aimlessly placed player in that play. Yeah. 
All right. Well, let's move on to some other United news before we uh, take Oh, wait. A- I have a Freddy a don't for Zimmerman. Oh. Your hair. Okay. Bye. Okay. Freddy, don't Walker Zimmerman. Cut your fucking hair. Uh, Do something. From, from the Dave's I Know podcast. Uh, res- like, lovingly and respectfully, cut your fucking hair. Uh, all right. We other say U- this because we love you. <laughs> other United news. So um, You're a handsome man deep down. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, Minnesota Wonderwall and the uh, Minnesota United announced a joint campaign, the Safe and Loud campaign. I Woo-hoo! did see a little Where bit about it. They are so. This is something that the supporters basically, basically, this is all the supporters' work. Um, we, and we and the supporters pitched it to Minnesota United. Minnesota United basically said, "Yes, this is awesome." It's we handed the supporters handed out, I believe, six hundred uh, black and blue face masks, and I believe they're going to be handing out face like um, uh, KN ninety five face masks for every game, every home game. Um, until we sort of get through this COVID stuff. Uh, there's also... 600 a bu- per... Yeah, there's match. also a bunch of stuff that is not um, public yet, but I know that they are encouraging the team to host vaccine clinics so people can get vaccinated mm-hmm. um, and, and encouraging people to get vaccinated other than just you know the, the words that they say, oh, that we prefer people to be vaccinated, like actually be a little more proactive about it. Mass strongly um, encouraged. Mass strongly encouraged, but you know, actually maybe hopefully doing something about it. Now, some of this stuff is not officially public yet. Um, so stuff I can't, I can't mention um, and stuff I, I don't even know about, but I know that this is something that has been a very uh, major part of the conversations that the Dark Clouds and the Red Loons and mm-hmm. T&E have had with the front office. And this is a step in the right direction. It's not, it's not the, the best step would be being fully vaccinated mm-hmm. and or negative tests, but the team is unwilling to do that without a, a mandate from the city or the state. And I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. So this is like the best we can do right now. So uh, I applaud the team um, for doing this. I more, I more applaud, applaud the uh, supporters for putting this plan together. This was entirely supporter driven. This is not the team. Um, this is entirely dark clouds and red loon, specifically dark clouds. Um, but red loon sign on as soon as we saw the plan to uh to support this so kudos to uh the supporters for for being kick-ass and and trying to be as proactive as we possibly can be with what is still a uh, deadly global pandemic yeah uh some other i said mentioned uh team of the week but kaidabasi was on the first team of the week our match against the rebels uh if you haven't noticed by now it's been moved from 1 p.m on sunday to 6 p.m central time this sunday yep this coming sunday uh the 13th so We'll be at Blackheart. Uh, I'll be at Blackheart to watch the match. Um, if you want to join at least one of the Daves that you know. Uh, wait, wait. I'm putting it on my calendar. <laughs> All right. It's this, uh, is, this Sunday, the 13th. The Daves I Know podcast recording is basically just uh, reminding Jess about when uh, things are happening in uh, Minnesota United history. Half. Half. Yeah. Uh, Emmanuel Iwe, who we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, he officially signed with Minnesota United FC2. He had signed on to play soccer at St. Cloud State. Um, he's going to be playing uh, MLS Next Pro with Minnesota United 2. Listen, I'm not a big fan of Joy Athletic because I'm a Minneapolis City fan, but, you know, it's about Minnesota soccer. And when you go to St. Cloud State and you play for a local NPSL team and you get a chance to do this and move up, it's all about Minnesota soccer. Good yep. for him. Uh, St. Louis Park, you know, grad, I believe. Yep. And so good, good on him. Uh and then they also, uh, Janeye Chidera, also known as Cece, Uche, uh, defender. They, they, 24-year-old defender, he, they signed him to a M and UFC 2 contract as well. Oh, excellent. I didn't even see that one. Cool. 
Uh, all right, and then finally, um, we had a couple of awesome TIFOs at the, at the match, if you did see it. <gasps> One uh, of which I personally <laughs> painted... Jess helped paint. Uh, would you paint the Lizzo one? Yeah. Duh. So Hell yeah. If you if you haven't seen it, I think the team posted a picture. There's also um, Fox Nine did a video story about it. Uh, so we did a there was a Lizzo tifo at the start of the game, which was great. And then like very very quickly and very very fast, uh, the tifo team put together a, a uh, solidarity with Ukraine tifo that was uh, deployed at like at halftime. Mm-hmm. Amongst the rain, with very little um, pre-planning, and if you've never been a part of TIFO, either um, helping create it, uh, hoist it, whatever, it's it's you can't just throw that shit together. That's that's a lot of work, and and the TIFO team did had deserves, uh, and that's across Huge all ups. that's across all SGs, uh, Red Loons, TNE, and Dark Clouds big all ups. participate in that, and as well as people who are not in any specific SG. Big ups, but yeah, big ups to those guys um, and gals for for putting that together. So, um, all right, MJ, you have a better Noah Loon. Yes. This is going to be very brief, but this Saturday, a, a day before our match in versus the New York Red Bulls, we celebrate the 29th birthday of one Tyler Miller. Oh. Oh. So, She's only 29? So I know normally. You normal, might get a U.S. men's national call. You know that we don't have any fucking goalkeepers anymore, right? Really? Horvath's looking good for Nottingham Forest. Yeah, until he gets the shit kicked out of him by uh, uh, <laughs> Liverpool on the 20th. So, Listen, uh, I normally tell you about these like a week late. Oh, yeah, happy belated birthday because I'm late to everything. So just put it on your calendars, you know, day before game day, March 12th, Saturday. Like, happy birthday, Tyler Miller. Fuck All yeah. Right. Tyler Miller, my big piece of birthday advice for you is bring back the stash <laughs> all right happy birthday tyler miller happy birthday all right we'll be we'll we'll, we'll come back and we'll talk minneapolis city uh a little bit of uh yeah pretty much mostly minneapolis city there might be some aurora stuff and then i'll talk about bread bowls and then close up the podcast so we'll be right back Holla. you want me to be that type of dude and i want you like me too, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Oh, yeah. Alright, and welcome back to the Day of Snow podcast. Uh, we have Minneapolis City Minute, and then we're going to talk about some Bread Bowls uh, upcoming. And uh, we have a little bit of world soccer news, um, some of which is good, some of which is bad. And then we have some fucking union news. Support your fucking unions. So let's start with the Minneapolis City Minute. Uh, U.S. Open Cup, we had mentioned this a couple weeks ago, or probably about a month ago, that uh, Minneapolis City was officially invited to the U.S. Open Cup. I mean, they've been technically part of it three of the last, like, five years, but have only ever participated one time. Interesting. Um, why? Of, because of rules and uh, U.S. Open Cup and soccer, U.S. Soccer Federation is. Are you counting the weird the preliminary round in Rochester? I'm counting that one. Yes. So, so that was like the one time they got to play, and yeah. they had to they had to crowdfund the travel expenses oh. to to drive out to Rochester, New York. Yeah. So they're actually in it this time, and they actually have a a, a relatively local opponent. Uh, first round match is against the Des Moines Menace, uh, their future uh, uh, competitors in USL2 Heartland Division. They are, they were the best team in USL2 last year. They won the national championship. Yeah, not in USL2. not just the Midwest region or the oh wow North Midwest uh, conference or whatever. They they won it all. Yeah, 
Wow. So it's, it's, in, it's in Des Moines, uh, Wednesday, March 23rd at 7 p.m. Uh, just announced tickets. We're going to be our $10 GA, $8 for youth, uh, 6 to 18 years old. My guess is that there will be some... Uh, uh, citizens, Minneapolis citizens, going down to the match. There so, will be, yes. Um, I can tell you. Follow that. Uh, is it is it at MPLS Citizens on Twitter with yes. a Z? A- citizens at with a Z. M- no, Citizens with a Z with an S. Oh, it's an S. Okay, Minneapolis Citizens on Twitter uh, or f- follow MPLS City SC. Uh, I'm sure they'll they'll retweet stuff out as well. If you want to go down to Des Moines. Um, it, it will be fun. I, honestly, traveling to soccer matches is a blast. Des Moines is not so far away that you couldn't go down and back. We've done it before um, with uh, Minnesota United. Also, I've never been to Valley Stadium before, but if you are a cake eater and you want to get three of your friends and the four of you pool 20 bucks each, for $80, you can reserve a VIP table in the stadium. Oh, and, and, and the website lets you know that there are six of these left. Okay. Only six left. If you really want to like have some sort of VIP experience, I mean, if you're just a baller, in fucking Des Moines. If you're just a baller who wants to drive down to Des Moines and spend eighty bucks to sit at a table by yourself. Well, um, and if you want to do that and buy us a karaoke birthday party, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, if they win that game, uh, which is a big if, uh, Minneapolis City is uh, again. This is a, a tough opponent. The second round would be in, in Nebraska at Union Omaha. Um, date and time Omaha. of that to be determined. So that and would be a fu- that'll be a fun game. Um, I fucking love uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Me the rest too. Of Nebraska is, is pretty much shit. Lincoln is is fun on college game days, but is otherwise shit. But Omaha's a fun town. Um, great restaurants, including yeah. my cousin's own Hook and Lime for great tacos and about a hundred different tequilas or mezcals that you mm-hmm. can get. There you go. If, if we so, if we. Uh, Maybe a Dave's I know road trip to Nebraska, uh, to Omaha, baller. Nebraska. If uh, if we uh, oh my yeah, god, no. yes, if we yes. beat Des Moines, Menace, I'm so, so. in. Yeah, I've no, never been well, to Omaha. no. It, there's there's some great food down there. It's it's a nice sized city, and the most hilarious thing about all this is Union Omaha put out like their hey, we're entering the Open Cup. We will host the winner of Des Moines Menace versus Minneapolis City, and in their marketing was. First ever Open Cup match played in Nebraska. Nice. So, if we win, if we somehow beat the 2021 USL2 champions, Des Moines Menace. They could have an off game. Minneapolis City, we're going to Omaha. Let's make it happen. Let's be a part of history. Yeah, very cool. Uh, all right, let's talk about the upcoming match for Minnesota United. Uh, we have the Bread Bowls in New Jersey on Sunday. Again, Sunday at 6 p.m. Central Time. Mm-hmm. Um if you are going to a watch party, the Dark Clouds will be in Red Loons. Dark Clouds and Red Loons will be at the Blackheart. Uh, Dark Clouds also have watch parties at the Iron Door Pub in uh, Uptown. Oh, as yay! Well. Delightful. As, that's, a, that's, a new, that's a new one that just started this year, as well as um, Egan Arms. Egan Arms uh, out in the Egan, if you are in the uh, sort of southeast suburbs area. So uh, definitely go check out the match. Uh, Bread Bowls are favored in this game. They are actually uh, top of the Eastern Conference right now. They have two wins. Six points, seven goals, in those uh, in those two wins. Wow. Wait a minute, did you just did you just call the Red Bulls bread, bread Bulls? Red Bulls, yeah, the New York Red Bulls. I love it. I've never heard that. No, I've, I, this, I. I've been well, doing. I've been doing it the entire time we've been on the. You've been. We've been doing the podcast. I, 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 I'm gonna call them the fucking Bread Bulls from now on. This yeah, the Red Bulls. It's. It's. I mean, how many times have I said Red Bulls in a in a bar? Yeah. Right? Like. Uh, the, the Bread Bulls are favored. Uh, in this match, they're minus 165. A draw is plus 280. The Loons, 
Uh, heavy underdogs, uh, plus 425. Yikes. Uh, the big man on top of uh, the Bread Bowl system, the Gerhard Struber, is their manager. He has a uh, very, very young team. The New York chapter. The New York, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the New Jersey chapter. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Uh, very young team. Uh, they started no one over 30. No one over 30 was in their team in the last match. So, a uh, Unlike Minnesota, which has a lot, it's a very old team compared to most teams in MLS. Uh, the Bread Bowls well, are very, probably biased. very young. Uh, a couple of players that we should be looking out for: Lewis Morgan, who had a hat trick in the last match. Uh, he's a Scottish uh, international. Uh, he played with Inter Miami the last couple of years. Um, hmm. Made his way to uh, the Bread Bowls this year. He had four goals in his MLS career before this match last week. Wow. He, sco- he scored three. Uh, so he almost doubled his goal total uh, in, uh, in one match. That's crazy. And his, uh, his main uh, compatriot on that is a 23-year-old Polish striker, uh, Patrick uh, Klimala, who just joined the team this year. Um, he's uh, sort of they, Red Bulls playing a 4-4-2, so he's, uh, he's uh, the second striker uh, up top on the right-hand side. He basically played uh, Morgan in from the right-hand side into space, much like uh, Tottenham likes to do, um, just sliding a, a midfielder running in on, in, on goal. Do you know what uh, Patrick Kamala and uh, Lewis Morgan have in common? I do not. They both played two years at Celtic. Okay. And overlapped for one. So oh, there you go. They, they've played together before. They've, they, they've been in training together before. That is true. Okay. Uh, who else uh, do we need to think about for the Red Bulls? Well, okay. you have down he- on here uh, often underrated defender Aaron Long. who He's will- U.S. Men's National Team player. He's coming back from injury. Um, which is, I think is the big thing. He He's a pretty solid center back. He's a, he is he was um, before his injury was probably the starting center back along with either Walker Zimmerman or or, uh, or John Brooks, honestly. Um, and then he got then he basically tore his ACL and mm. was out for uh, a long time. He scored a goal in their last match. Uh, I, I should say they played Toronto FC, um, who were terrible last year, and apparently appear to be terrible again. This year, even under a uh, newly uh, hired Bob Bradley, but Aaron Long also scored a goal in the, the match last week as well. So he's um, he's back. He's good. He can help control a game, and the guy um, can score goals too. Which is if you have, have a, a center back like that, that's important. They have a center mid named Frankie Amaya that they pulled from FC Cincinnati. He's pretty solid. Like he was one of Cincinnati's better players. Yep, and and he's only twenty one years old. So again, on the youth. Yeah, and then uh, the other uh, player I'll point out for Bread uh, um, Bulls is uh, Caden Clark. Uh, yeah, the one who got away from Minnesota. He he trained with Minnesota for uh, a while. Um, Minnesota Thunder Academy, baby. Yep, Medina, Minnesota, uh, born really? and raised. Yes. He uh, he signed a contract with the uh, Red RB Leipzig, the uh, the the main uh, Red Bull team. Uh, it's, I guess it's Raschenball Sport uh, in Germany. It's not. Thank uh, you. It's Thank, not Red you. Ball. Thank you. Thank um, you. He signed a contract to uh, last year uh, and to join the team, and he's basically put that off. I think for at least until the, the summertime. Mm. But King Clark is going to be joining um, the mothership uh, Raschenball Sport Leipzig in at some point here in the near future. He scored. Uh, he scored bangers of goals for for Red Bulls in the last you know six months or so. Um, and he didn't start in the last game. My guess is that he'll be in Minnesota. I'm guessing he's going to have a lot of family here. I would guess that Caden Clark starts for Red Bull um, against Minnesota United uh, in in New Jersey. So, 
Any anybody else that I'm missing in terms of? I mean, it's it's a really weird young team. Yeah, yeah. There's I feel like I don't know. There's them. lots of pieces. Bread Bulls have have had in the past have had like like sort of like over the hill national teamers like Sasha Kleschen, Dex McCarty, like who, the we, Fisher guy we who just, we just played against. Um, yeah, like him. Yeah, like but, veterans. But, but like good, but like good. You, like former U.S. men's national team players, this team is is pretty much all young guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there are other uh, center mid alongside Frankie Amaya is Drew Yearwood, who was in the Arsenal youth program and then played for Brentford for a year. So I mean, it's like, and he's 22 by the way. So like, it's all, it's all kids. Yeah. It's all mm-hmm. like we we're playing kindergarten, and they're gonna be fucking fast. So, yeah. how do and we well coach. how do we how do we envision Minnesota United playing playing these guys uh, on the road in uh, in New Jersey? Tough place to play. Apparently, I, according to Bruce McGuire, one of the nicest. Uh, probably he's according to him the the nicest uh, soccer specific stadium in the country. Really, um, he's not. I wouldn't to, I wouldn't go that far, but that's what he says. I, 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 I asked it's him a nice stadium. Time. It was the first MLS stadium I ever went to, and okay. I will I, and I will agree. It, it, like Red Bull Arena is, is it's it's a nice stadium. So what do we do against uh, the the Red Bulls? It's so hard when you're playing a young team that's also an experience because you might want to say, well, let's take advantage of them, maybe trying to play out at the back and and try to press them, but. If they have their heads up at all and use their speed, we're going to get toasted. So I say we fall back and trap, like as in will trap. Like we fall back and and we don't press. And then we try to use our experience and not try to get into a up and down bas- basketball NBA on the pitch, like back and forth game. If we can play a little bit more possession than we have, great. Yeah. I would say... I mean, if we have, if age over youth, right, one of the benefits of age would be experience and hopefully our Minnesota United guys use their experience to make sure that they are making, you know, the straightforward passes, the, you know, not making foolish mistakes certainly but hopefully also you know utilizing their experience on the pitch together as a team I think would be maybe an advantage I'm hopeful yeah it'll be interesting I said uh, uh, Bread Bulls play a 4-4-2 um, not many teams in MOS play a 4-4-2 so mm-hmm. uh, but you're right we definitely we, we we are a team that likes to, and here's the thing: is that Minnesota United can sit and uh, encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen that we've been able to do that very easily with several teams. Um, you know, specifically, I'm thinking LAFC. Every time we play LAFC, it's basically mm-hmm. like you know, bunker encounter. Um, but the other, I mean, the big the big question mark is uh, is uh, uh, Frank Payne going to be available? Um, yeah, because we've not seen we've seen Bongi play for. A little short periods of time, 20 minutes. He got 45 minutes in this last game. However, that was broken up by a 75-minute right. rain delay. So can Bongi go 80, 75, 80 minutes? He's um, young. Yes, of course he can. He's he's young. He he's dynamic. He he's been. He was very close the last game to scoring could, a couple goals. Could yeah. we see a Bongi start? And actually, more exciting, unless you're South African, could could MJ finally see? 
a Justin McMaster sub on if, if Frank Payne is is completely yeah. Out. If 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 uh, no. Fragapani can't go, I would. Lo- I mean, I love to see Bongi get a start. And yeah, see what he can do. Um, like the dude has yeah energy for days, and you're gonna need that against so considering it, how old Minnesota United is on their back line. Mm. You're gonna need somebody who can yeah. run yeah. on the front line. And nothing against Conexion uh, Argentina, but the the chemistry that Reynoso has with Bongi is really really impressive. They seem to be sometimes more on the same page than him and Frank Payne. Oh, I yeah. agree with that. It would be it would be fun to see like them a week of practice together and then Bongi getting the start. So I think it, I think it'll be interesting. I, I really I, I'm excited for this game. Um, yeah, I you know I think Minnesota goes in. I think we lose, but I think it's it's much closer than uh, than people think. I think we lose two to one. Uh, they toasted a Bob Bradley Toronto. I granted it's Toronto, but four to one. I, I, I see it as as three one, th- three one Red Bulls. Unfortunately, yeah. Oh my gosh! Okay, this is my optimistic outlook. Be as optimistic as you want. I'm gonna say I think Minnesota can pull out a draw. A, a three for three. Three for three in draws. I, I listen. You draw. On the, you draw. Well, like hello. A, my name is Simon. <laughs> the nice thing about this game is that this is a game against an Eastern Conference team, so like it doesn't really, really matter, matter, but kind of matters. But if we can get a, if we can get a point on the road, that would be fucking great. I think. I think. I, w- I mean, I would take a point on the road for sure. I don't think we're gonna get it, but Jess, I appreciate your optimism. So I, I feel like that would make me very happy because usually draws don't make me very happy. Yeah, they have lately. And I'm just going to ride that train. Right on. Uh, okay, so we have a little bit of world news. Uh, Cindy Parlo Cohn was narrowly uh, reelected as the USS uh, F soccer president. Or soccer president. Um, if you don't know what that means, I encourage you to Google that. Uh, she basically oversees all of United States soccer. Uh, she won against uh, Carlos Codero, the person who stepped down in disgrace, uh, and then decided to run for re-election. Or run for election again, um, even though he's kept on his grace because he uh, authorized a uh, amicus or a brief to a lawsuit that basically said the women weren't equal to men in terms of playing soccer. Mm. So that was super cool. Um, the fact that she barely won is is not great, but City Parlocon has done a lot of really great stuff in the last, even like the last three weeks, in terms of getting a, uh, a, a television deal, settling the U.S. Women's National Team lawsuit. Um, and she has spent basically the last two years, the last two years of the term of Carlos Cordero, um, dealing with all that shit as well as dealing with COVID. So, right. so the one, the one thing that caused Cordero to get a lot of votes were apparently a lot of people didn't like the way that Cone was pooling so many resources and energy into the into the national teams and not into the local youth and adult soccer leagues, but as. Liz Shendel, who is with Equal Time Soccer, said, get a better fucking alternate candidate than Carlos fucking Cadero. Indeed. Uh, and also in sort of U.S. soccer uh, news, Weston McKinney, uh, he injured himself, was it last week, I believe. And in Champions League. In Champions League. It didn't seem like it was going to be that bad, but it's, it's, it's a lot worse than we thought. Two bones broken in the left foot. 
He is out for the rest of the Serie A season. He might be back in April, might be back in May. Mm. Let's hope he can play for the USA in the World Cup if they qualify. <laughs> Uh, West McKinney, for those of you not who don't follow the U.S. men's national team, um, West McKinney was has been the best player for the men's national team the last two like go rounds of, of, the, of the World Cup cycle. So this is not great news. No, it, I, I would fair to say considering it's we bad. have to go to Mexico and to Costa Rica, yeah. we not, won't have him. Not he, great news. Yeah, broken so. foot. Yeah, fuck. Not um, good. And then, uh, man, there was some uh, there's some shit that went down in Mexico, uh, fan violence in a uh, Atlas uh, Carataro match on, was it Saturday? Or was Sounds it right. Sun- Saturday or Sunday, over the weekend. It's, uh, it was not good. It was not great. Uh, if you haven't seen the pictures, uh, don't Google them because it's there's some really? nasty videos. Like, they're, the, People stripped naked and beaten bloody. Ew. There's, there's been conflicting reports of like up to 17... To 20 people dead? Fatalities. Oh, my yes. God. A bunch of people. 70 some people hospitalized, I think. Many people hospitalized. What's the beef? People dead. Uh, it's a. Uh, is it just like a rivalry or is it? It's not even really a, a big rivalry. It, it's a lot of things. I thought John Arnold, if if you, I retweeted John Arnold's, uh, maybe I didn't. No, I didn't. So I liked John Arnold's article. Uh, I will retweet that at, at the end of this pod. If you want to read a great thing about the Mexican culture, the the role of machismo, poverty, job loss, yeah. and just a lot of frustration and how It'll this can all all, yeah. all culminates into into this cultural crucible mm. that that is just this it, it's like a firecracker, right? It's it's it, it, yeah, start, it started in the stadium, in the stands. It spilled onto the field. Um, and you had a bunch of people from, from one bar, one supporters group, trying to get to the other. Yeah. And here's the shitty part. The security, the stadium security opened the doors. Yeah. They, they bowed. They were so afraid of what was going to happen to them or the doors or whatever if they busted through. They just opened the doors. So that they le- wouldn't be in the first in the way. Yeah. It's and... and that should like there's video footage of that that I did retweet like it's not good. I think I, I think they announced today that there will be no away support uh, for the rest of the Liga MX uh, Apertura. Um, which oh wow! Is, is like is like that's huge. The bare minimum. No, but that that that's like that affects their their money line. Yeah. Their economy. Yeah, yeah. that that so affects that. I, I'm I'm like 99 percent sure that that was announced today. Wow. Pretty sure I saw that today. Uh, I mean, there's calls for. You, the the Mexico to be kicked out of the 2026 World Cup hosting cycle. Um, they're supposed to host, I believe, like 12 matches uh, during the World Cup. Uh, I just whatever will speak to getting this fixed. I mean, that's the thing is that we just no one actually knows. It's yeah. It's not like these are like blood like blood rivals. Atlas won the league last year. Their uh, big rival is Chivas. No, I just yeah. mean Guadalajara. penalty, right? Yeah. Like, if they takes the World Cup, I say take the World Cup from them. I don't give well, the a last fuck. Time, that shall not pass. The last time uh, something like this happened, uh, it was happened in Egypt, actually, when Bob Bradley was oh, coaching yeah. the Egyptian national team. Really? And they suspended the league. Um, they just basically stopped playing soccer for over a year until 
Yeah. They were they felt comfortable and I don't I don't believe Mexico will do that. Mexico will not stop playing soccer. No, but in fact they've said they they suspended all like the rest of the games for the weekend. And I think there's games that are supposed to happen on Tuesday. They suspended those games. They're gonna, but they're, they're gonna start playing again on uh, on the weekend on Friday. As again, I think they just they they said no more away supporters. Which I mean, that sucks for that away does supporters because it's away support is a is a, a, a really important thing for for soccer and for the teams and for fans and so. And it's just well, I can only speak of my soccer experience, but that that's such a big part of it is yeah. showing up and. And then welcoming supporters to your bar from other places. Right. Um, Mexico does not have the drink ninety drink culture that the U.S. does, so that's what's that's drink also true. ninety drink. Oh, so we, we you hang out with us at our bar. We drink, then the game starts. We, we hate 90, you. Ninety minutes of soccer. We hate you, and then we, you come back to our bar and we drink. Oh afterwards. yeah, that's us. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the most, culture that's, I live in. That is in. most a U.S. soccer culture. There are there are some SGs who do not subscribe to that. Right, uh, right. They're, they're, yeah, but most of them are like, yes, we want to party with you before the game. We will hate you for ninety minutes, and then we'll party with you after the game. Yeah, win, lose, or draw. Um, and th- this is a large part because, unlike in other countries, soccer supporters or soccer in general in the U.S. has been a minority sport. Right. But it's we, the majority everywhere else. It, most people watch other sports, not soccer. Yeah. And so it's like when you find another soccer supporter, no matter who they support, you're like, hey, let's talk. How'd right. you get into the game? I, like, 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 we, we want to share ideas. Like, what chance are you singing? Or, you know, how do you deal Just with your front people. office? Yeah. You know, it's, it's way more camaraderie. Exchange of ideas. All right. Um, do you want to... Yeah, so... The, the feel-good moment, to end on a positive note, in 2010, Sasha Kleston and his wife visited Children's Hospital in L.A. <laughs> they visited a, a childhood cancer patient. He was suffering from liver cancer. His name is Chris Hegart. Uh, Chris Hegart survived liver cancer as a, as a very young kid. Went on to win a youth championship with his San Diego, you know, summer youth team. Um, gets drafted to the Sounders Academy. Does really well with the Sounders U17 team. Wins a Generation Adidas trophy. And then is drafted by Charlotte. They, they are traded to Charlotte for a bunch of gam. And basically, when... Sasha realized it was the same guy, the same guy that he gave a jersey to in the hospital yeah. ten, over 10 years ago, that he was now going to be playing. LA Galaxy was playing in Charlotte. He's like, hey, I hope we get to switch jerseys. I gave him a jersey in 2010. Hopefully we can switch jerseys this game. It happened. ESPN FC published a great uh, photo of the two of them. It's really adorable. So oh, my God. Must go, see. Uh, I tweeted about this a couple times. <laughs> It's Please, a, it's a, it's a really cool story, um, and I'm gonna end on a uh, a maybe a slightly more dour note, but a, a positive note for labor is that um, oh, Minneapolis yeah. teachers for sure and and the um, uh, support staff are for sure going on strike tomorrow, today when you're listening to this podcast. St. Paul teachers are more than likely going on strike. They have a until nine o'clock. I think there was a uh, a contract put in front of them, but my guess is that they're not going to approve it. Um, mm. So we'll be going on strike as well. Um, please support 
your local unions, your union workers, support, support local education. Minneapolis and, and, and these teachers are not they're not striking for millions of dollars in wages. They're they're striking for fucking mental health care in, in their schools for their kids. They're striking for um, smaller class sizes so that they can and work of- with and identify the kids that need help in their in their schools. These are not greedy ass teachers. And These they're are- not trying to lower standards for substitute teachers, which we need more of in right. COVID era. Right. They are. They're working um, for the kids in in. Uh, and I don't. Like I said, my kids are not in the St. Paul uh, school system right now. They will eventually be, and I'm. I support these kids and, and the in these students and these teachers. So um, there are. Though I'm, I will be tweeting out from my from Texas Zeller on Twitter a bunch of like support that you can do for teachers for kids for things like that. So please, um, you know, follow me. Uh, I'll, I'm sure I'll probably retweet some shit from the TDI KMN. Uh, handle as well. I'm sure MJ and Jess will do the same. And retweet. And and retweet. And please, yeah, please retweet. Please post solidarity. Blackheart regular at Zootloon. Sasha actually works in the in the school system. He tweeted out something today about it. I've retweeted on yep. both of my channels. And we 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 retweeted from the Dave's I know as well. Um, so yeah, so please support teachers. Um, Please don't cross picket lines if you uh, if you've been a- if you're asked to sub or whatever. Yeah. Um, fuck that shit. Don't do that. Rate review our podcast. Uh, Dave's I know. Well, we don't really have the Dave's I know come anymore. I don't think. Uh, you can visit our, visit our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Dave's I know. I've been I am meaning to chat with Christian about what we might be able to do. Christian has not been able to brew for a while because he's been living in an apartment as uh-huh. his home is getting renovated. Oh. So I'm hoping that we maybe do some, at least a beer or two this year before uh, before the season's over. So once we have sort of that figured out, we'll let you all know. Uh, at TDIKMN on Twitter. I'm at Texas Zeller. MJ is at MJ Matsui. Jess is at Jessica1440839 or two. We have been... The Daves I know. This, this is, is the Daves I, I know. As you do yours, land here, become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be we, done. Uh, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Nah, yo, I can't do nothing at all. Check it out, guys. GT. <laughs>